in Romans chapter 3, and verse uh, number 21, Romans 3, verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and then circumcision through faith. Do we then make the law through faith? God forbid. Do we make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for another opportunity to preach, and I pray you'd help me, Lord, to be a blessing, to be a help. Help me to rightly divide the word of truth. Be able to communicate the message in a way that will honor you. You know every need, you know every heart. Pray those needs will be met today. Save any be lost in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about salvation today. And uh, this uh, scripture, I think, uh, so clearly presents the way of salvation and uh, <clears throat> the contrast between law and grace. The law, of course, was never given to justify man. The law, the Bible says, by the law is the knowledge of sin. All the law can do is reveal your transgression. That's what the law is about. And the Bible says in verse 19 and 20, that now we know that what things so ever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. The law serves its purpose. Cannot bring righteousness, but he said the righteousness without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. And uh, the righteousness of God by faith, uh, he said of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe there is no difference for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we've all sinned, no difference. We all have the same sin condition, same sin nature. It expresses itself in different ways, some to a greater extent than others. I talk to people and they say, well, I, I'm, I haven't been too bad. I've never killed anybody and never robbed a bank. And I know I'm not perfect, but uh, I haven't been real bad. I think I'll be all right. Yet the Bible said there's no difference at all of sin comes short of the glory of God. I remember when I was growing up, I used to pick apples some. And uh, me and my brother, I remember one time we picked 20-some bushel off of one tree. 
Now that's uh, what I have is a far cry from that. I have four apple trees. And uh, if I get a bushel off of all four, I'll probably do well. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the amount of apples is not the determination of whether it's an apple tree or not. Whether a tree has a 20 bushel or three apples does not determine the, the matter of whether it's an apple tree. It's an apple tree regardless. The fact that your life may not be as bad as someone else's life is not the determining factor as far as the sin condition. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now let's say we all went down to the coast of North Carolina. We all lined up on the pier down there. And they say, why are you here? And all, all the news media is gathered around. And we, we say, we're all going to jump to England. Well, they'd say, you must be crazy. Ain't nobody going to jump to England. Now some may jump 10 or 15 feet. Some may not jump 10 or 15 inches. But I can guarantee you one thing, nobody's going to jump to England. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. None of us measure up. We're all sinners. None of us are good enough to go to heaven. And we're all bad enough to go to hell. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now I'd like to notice in the next, ver the next few verses some things about salvation. First of all, salvation is free. Thank God that God made it. Listen, if God had not established it that way, there'd be no way I could get it. I'm like a, a preacher friend of mine that's been with the Lord a number of years now. He said, when God saved me, he said, I'm glad it was free. He said, if there had been a price, I could only have gotten a dollar's worth. I had one dollar in my pocket, and that was it. But I'm glad salvation is free, being justified freely by His grace. Now, this is the word that is going to keep multitudes out of heaven. Back in the book of Genesis, God told Adam and Eve, of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. And the devil comes to the woman and said, What did God say? She said, He said, We may eat of the trees, the fruit of the trees of the garden. But that's not exactly what God said, was it? God said, Of every tree of the garden, thy mess freely eat. There's a lot of difference. And that one word separates all religions. There's really only two kinds of religion in the world those that are trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ to get them to heaven, and those that are trusting in something they do to get them to heaven. But I want to tell you that salvation is, is free. And I mean absolutely, positively, 100% free. And if you add anything to it, you don't get salvation. I believe churches are sitting full of people that will not go to heaven because they're trying to earn their way there. Salvation's a gift. Salvation is free. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It's not a gift of God, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Now, if you do anything for salvation, 
It ceases to be a gift and becomes a purchase. Let's say if I, uh, if, if I took a dollar bill out of my pocket and went over to Ted and I say, Ted, I'm going to give you this dollar bill. Let me make it more interesting. Let's say if I had $1,000. <laughs> I'm going to give Ted $1,000. I say, this is a gift. I like you. I'm going to give you this gift. Provided you keep getting me some produce. <laughs> then it ceases to be a gift and becomes a purchase. When you add anything to salvation, you don't have, you don't have a gift. A person says, I believe that Jesus Christ saves you, but uh, I believe that you have to be baptized and that baptism is a part of your salvation. A person that believes that will not go to heaven because they are trying to purchase salvation. A person may say, I believe in Jesus Christ, but I believe, you, I believe church membership is also a part of salvation. You've made a purchase. I believe you're saved by grace through faith, but I believe you have to work after you get it to keep it. You have a purchase. It ceases to be free. Salvation is free. It is absolutely, positively free. Being justified freely by His grace. Second of all, salvation is by grace. One preacher wrote and said that, uh, said that salvation was by grace, but that was God's part. Our part was being baptized. <laughs> that man doesn't understand salvation. That man's trying to earn his way to heaven. That man's trying to make a, a purchase of salvation. Salvation is, is by grace. 100%, absolutely, 100%, freely by grace. Now the Bible tells us in Titus 3, let's turn there please, Titus chapter 3, and we'll read about this grace. Titus chapter 3, verse 4 and 5, page 1284. He defines grace in Titus 3, verse 4 and 5. But after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Now He very clearly tells us that it's the kindness and love of God. And it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but it's mercy. Mercy. Is not getting that we do deserve. Every one of us in this building today, if we got what we deserve, we'd be in hell. But we're not because of mercy. It was Oliver Green that said there was something he thanked God far more than his salvation. What could that be? He said that while I was a drunken bum, God didn't let me die and go to hell. God had mercy on me. Mercy is not getting that we do deserve. And grace is receiving that we don't deserve. None of us deserve the grace of God. Why would God save me? I don't understand why God would take me to heaven. There's one thing I know for certain. I know I'm not good enough to go. I don't know about you, but my own human nature, I don't measure up to that perfection that God uh, 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 demands. 
Romans 11, 6. Romans 11, verse 6 says, page 1205, Romans 11, 6, And if by grace, then it is no more of works, otherwise grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace, otherwise work is no more work. What does he simply say? He's saying you can't mix the two. You can't mix grace and works. It's either all grace or all works, not a combination of the two. And Galatians talks about a perverted gospel. And that's what we have preached in most churches today is, is a perverted gospel, a gospel that is based on a combination of grace and works, where it be Jesus and baptism, Jesus and the Lord's Supper, Jesus and church membership, or Jesus and something else. It's a combination of grace and works. And God says you can't mix the two. If you put works in it, you don't have grace. Salvation is free. Salvation is by grace. Salvation is by and through the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 24 says, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. It is through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. This word redemption is a wonderful word. It means to set free. It means to deliver by paying a price. It means to set free out of the slave market for the purpose of letting us go free, that Jesus bought us out of the slave market for what purpose? To set us free. To turn us free from the bondage of sin and death and hell. It is through the redemption, the redemption of Jesus Christ. You have a wonderful illustration of this in the book of Ruth, where you have the story of, uh, of Ruth, a Mo Mo Moabite woman. You know the story there, the man that goes down to, uh, to uh, the, the country of Moab, and, and he gets down there, and, and he dies, and his two sons marry uh, Moab Moabite women, and they die, the sons die, and Naomi is left alone uh, with her two daughters-in-law, and one of them returns, and Ruth makes that great statement, where you go, I'll go. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. And Ruth goes back to Naomi there and gleans in the field of Boaz, and Boaz redeems her, redeems the land, a wonderful picture of the church of Jesus Christ and of our salvation and she becomes the bride of, Bo, of, of, Bo, of, uh, of that great, great rich man there, Boaz. And what a great truth that is in the Word of God. But it is through the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation is not based on what I do. It's based on what He done. It is through the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I was hearing... Uh, uh, I was hearing... Uh, uh, Billy Kelly this week I was traveling Billy Kelly has now been with the Lord and, and uh, I was telling Doug about it Doug knew Billy Kelly he's a big bear hunter and, <clears throat> and Billy Kelly was something you know he uh, uh, he uh, was talking about this telling an illustration about this little boy and he said he, he had bought this little toy boat and, and, uh, but he lost the boat and it broke his heart. 
And he, told, he said, I'm only, he told his dad, said, said, I'm, his dad said, I'll buy you another boat. And, uh, but he went to the store, and, and in the store he saw the wind. He saw through the window a picture of, of, of a little boat. He said, that's my boat. And he went and talked to the, the owner of the, the establishment, and, and uh, he, said, uh, he said, a little boy came in here and, and sold me the boat. He had found it or stole it or something. And, and, uh, but anyway, he, uh, the little boy got his boat back, his little toy boat. And it's a wonderful picture of what Jesus Christ did for us in that he purchased us. Brother Bill Wiseman is telling me about, thinking about Billy Kelly. And uh, he said Billy Kelly has told, told, a, told a joke about his mother-in-law. And uh, said... Uh, uh, said he was taking her, her to the airport, I think it was, and a and, uh, uh, highway patrolman pulled him over, and, and his mother-in-law was hard of hearing. And she was from Toledo, I believe, if I remember the story. And, and uh, uh, he, he said, uh, the fellow pulled him over, the patrolman come up, and, and uh, you know, said, said, what did he say? Said, uh, said well, he... Uh, uh, he was uh, stopping me, you know, wondering why, well, what I was in such a hurry, whatever. And uh, uh, so he talked on and said, my mother-in-law is from Toledo. And uh, said, uh, said, what did he say? Said, uh, uh, said well, he, he said, uh, you know, he's, he, he used to live in Toledo or whatever. And he went on and talked about and and said, you know, said there was some woman up there in Toledo said she was the most uh, obnoxious, hard to get along with woman that I ever, that I ever knew. And he said, what did he say? He said, he thinks he knows you. <laughs> but I didn't tell it as well as Billy Kelly. He was, he was quite, a, quite a character, but quite a preacher. But anyway, get back to the message. Salvation is by and through the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're all God's by creation, but only those are saved are God's by redemption. And so he paid the price. Salvation is free. Salvation is free to you and I, but it wasn't free to God. It cost him his life. It cost Jesus Christ his life. And then uh, also salvation is for those who believe. The Bible said, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. Now, some don't believe in the blood of Jesus. And uh, uh, some say it was only a little trickling from his hands and his feet. A little trickling from the thorns. You know, you, you see the pictures of Jesus Christ on the cross, the painters, the artists, conception of Jesus. It's a false conception, may I say. I want to tell you, when Jesus Christ was brought before that crowd by Pilate, and they looked upon him, and the Bible said they hid their faces from him, the prophet Isaiah. He was such a horrible, horrible picture to look upon. They could not stand to look on him. They hid their faces from him uh, as, as they, they see him there on, on the cross. And I want to say Calvary was a horrible thing, and it was a bloody mess. When they beat and tortured the back of Jesus, he was, there, he was a bloody, and they pulled his beard out and beat him on the face, and his face, no doubt, was swollen and black and blue, and, and it was a horrible picture of suffering, propitiation, 
But the Bible says that he shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. That word propitiation had to do with the mercy seat. When that priest went back there on the day of atonement and sprinkled that blood on the mercy seat and that broken law that was under that mercy seat as, uh, uh, as God looked down upon that, he saw that blood on that mercy seat and God was propitiated. God was satisfied. And, in, and the Lord said, in spite of all the sins of the nation, I'm going to put it off. I'm not going to judge them until I come and pay for it myself. That's what propitiation had to do with. It was a wonderful truth. And the Bible says he, he did it through faith in his blood. You say, I don't believe in that old bloody religion. You either believe it or go to hell. There is no salvation without the shedding of blood. There is no remission. The Bible tells us in Hebrews there. And Hebrews 9.22. Salvation is for those who believe. Salvation is based upon the shedding of blood. Uh, I remember years ago when I pastored in Maiden, I used to have a radio program on, uh, on the Newton station there every Saturday morning. I'd go up and make it uh, live in the studio. And I met the uh, announcer there. And uh, we became friends and uh, talked and, and uh, uh, the man needed to be saved. I witnessed to him. This was his conclusion. He said the Bible teaches that Jesus died for the sins of the world or Jesus died for everybody. Is that not that true? I said that is true. He said then everybody's saved. If he paid for everybody's sins, if he died for everybody, then everybody's saved. I said, no, that's not right. You have to appropriate it. You have to receive it. You have to believe. Notice he said, through faith in his blood. It's just like I go to the doctor. The doctor diagnoses my problem and say, this is, this is a problem you have. You've got the flu. Now, a lot of times we call things the flu that are not the flu. It's been a long time since I had the flu. I'll tell you one thing, you get the flu, it'll put you down. I remember when I was working furniture factory years and years ago now, I went to work that morning, the longer, the worse. And every, I was aching all over. And I got off sometime up in the morning, and I told the boss, I said, I've got to go. I am sick. And I went to the doctor. I said, I thought I could fight, the, I thought I could wear this out. He said, you're not going to wear this out. <laughs> it's going to wear you out. And boy, it did. It put me down for days. Uh, but let's say I go to the doctor and he says, you have the flu. He gives me some medicine. He said, now you go home, take this medicine. And in three or four days, you'll be better. Or you can go home to not take it, and you'll probably be better anyway. That's kind of the way the flu works. But I'm using this as, as a way of illustration. Let's say I take my medicine. I go home, sit on the table. I look at the medicine. I say, I've been to the doctor. I got the medicine. I'm going to be all right. But I never take the medicine. You think the medicine's going to help me in the bottle? I don't think so. 
I have to take the medicine. And I want to say that Jesus Christ died on the cross, was buried, rose from the dead the third day, and their salvation, the whole world can be saved. Anybody can be saved if they'll believe that. And there's enough salvation to save every human being that's ever been born, ever will be born in that blood of Jesus Christ. But if you don't put your faith in that blood, if you don't trust that blood and receive that blood as, your, as the payment for your sin, it'll never do you any good. Salvation is for those who believe. Salvation is based upon the shedding of blood. And then, number six, salvation takes care of sins that are past. Verse 25, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. Now some say that Old Testament saints were saved by bringing an animal sacrifice. That is an absolute lie. The book of Hebrews tells us very clearly it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. It is not possible. Animal sacrifices never saved anybody, never will. They only was a picture and a portrait of Christ. And the forbearance of God. The Bible says God forbear judgment. When that, when that Old Testament priest and those Old Testament saints, when they brought that animal sacrifice and had their faith in the promise of God in the coming of the Redeemer who would redeem man from his sins, and, and they put their faith in that God delayed judgment and passed over their sin until one day the Son of God would hang on a rugged cross and my sins would be poured out upon Jesus Christ and he would judge him for my sin. I want to tell you when Jesus Christ died on that cross, he died for Adam and Eve's sins. He died for Noah's sins. He died for Abraham's sins. He died for David's sins. He died for everybody's sins. He died for the sins of the world. And I want to tell you, it takes care of sins that are past. Acts 17, 30 says, The times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. God commands repentance, demands repentance. Now, in chapter 4, he uses two illustrations. He uses illustration of Abraham and the illustration of David. And he says in verse 3 of Romans chapter 4, For what saith the scripture, Abraham, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is a reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. If we earn it, God owes it to us. Then he uses the example of David. Verse 6, Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man, unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they, whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is a man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. He uses an example before the law. Abraham was before the law. David was after the law. And both of them were justified by faith in the coming of Jesus Christ into the world. Salvation takes care of sins that are past. Salvation takes care of sins that are future. Verse 26, to declare I say at this time his righteousness, that it might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Not only take care of the sins of all the Old Testament saints, took care of sins of, of the present time, and took care of sins of the future. 
And we got in. And we were saved. 1 John 1, 7 said, The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. You realize the sins I've not even committed yet have been paid for by the blood of Jesus. Now, that doesn't exempt me from, from uh, responsibility for those sins and to repent and ask God to forgive me of those sins. But when Christ died and paid for my sin, all of my sins were future, and He paid for them in full, 100%. And when I bowed my knee and said, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I want you to forgive me and save me. God washed me clean in the blood of Jesus Christ. Once and for all. All of my sins have been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. I thank God for that. My fellowship certainly can be affected by, by my walk, my life. And if I don't live right, I'm not going to have fellowship with the Lord. I'm not going to be used of God. And, and I'm going to miss out on rewards. And I may even leave, leave this earth sooner than, than planned. And uh, we want to live, don't we? We want to stay here as long as God has planned for us to be here. But salvation is a wonderful, a wonderful thing. In verse 28, he concludes it all. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Thank God for that. Uh, that we're justified by faith. Our hope, my salvation, rest in Jesus Christ. He's my hope of heaven. I hope he is yours. Let's bow our heads, please.